This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Shrink Chat with Shannon ever, and Kathy. I don't ever get a warning. No, I don't like to warn you. It's super fun. We were just screaming at each other right before I pushed record. Because <sighs> we do that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, you out. know, not in a bad way, everyone. Not like a... There's passion. There's passion. She said, I'm ready. And I said, okay. Intense, really loud. Intensity. <laughs> Excitement. Woo! Okay. So I wanted to share with you, actually, that... Uh, on our Discord, which you can become a part of if you would like to become a patron on Patreon of the podcast for as little as... a lot as... of peas. There were a lot of peas right there. I think I did the alliteration fairly well. You almost fairly well. <laughs> I almost fairly. <laughs> um, anyway, you can become a patron uh, on Patreon and then come to the podcast oh, Discord. Sorry, God. I just... I was trying to figure out a... Another P? Piscord instead of Discord. Sorry. Okay. I'm a little goofy this now. This is the time of Wee. day during recording where Shannon goes <laughs> insane. <laughs> so uh, we have a book club on there and we just finished our first book and it's called Kill River. Hmm. And it was a lot of fun. So it's by Cameron. I don't know. I can't pronounce the last name. I'm just looking at That's it. That's good. Does it start with a P? <laughs> no, it starts with an R. Rubik. R-O-U-B-I-Q-E-U-E. It's one of those French things, I guess. Um, anyway, it's it was good. So it's the summer of 83. So it's set in the 80s, which is super fun now. And the characters are 13 and 14 years old. So you really believe. This is what I'll say about it. I recommend it. What's it uh, called again? I'm it's sorry. It's a lot of fun. It's called Kill River, and it's the first of a series. And it is slasher-tastic. Nice. Yeah. So it's basically a, a teen drama with a, with a slasher vibe. So it's got its own, like, Jason Voorhees cool. type of deal. So the only thing I would say, too, though, about it is that he says these characters are 13, 14 years old, but very quickly in your mind, at least everyone I read it with, every single person was like, I pictured them like 17, 18 the whole time. Mm. So there's a little bit of a developmental issue with the writing. You know, he's really like writing. They're a little too young to be involved with their doing what yeah. they're doing. It's just, it's just the way they talk, the yeah. way they, they know each other, too what they much. do. It's, it's just not 13. It's definitely 17, 18, 19. So, but that's fine because all of us just conveniently forgot their ages and just went with it. Like, just go with it, man. You're reading it anyway. You're reading it for a book club. So, you know, you're going to read it. So just like suspension of disbelief. Shut up. Read it. Is that the message? Confabulation. Yeah, confabulation. <laughs> just fill in the, what's true in your mind. Right. Um, it was good. So I just wanted to tell you. I don't know. Did you do you read horror at all? Or I read a lot of psychological thrillers. Yeah, sure. Um, one, I grew up reading Patterson and Agatha Christie, but I also loved like Anne Rice and Bram mm -hmm. Stoker and all the classics, Mary Shelley. But one author I got into who I just love if you like um, 
like forensic thrillers, psychological thrillers, is uh, an author by the name of Jefferson Bass. Mm -hmm. And he writes um, a series called uh, uh, The Body Farm. And he's a forensic anthropologist. And so it's loosely based on a real place, The Body Farm, which is what they use in forensics, especially in forensic anthropology, Mm -hmm. um, to recreate murder scenes. They use cadavers and things. Yeah, the bone thief, the boneyard. Yep, carved in bone, flesh and bone. Bones of betrayal. I really, 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 really recommend this series if you like forensic it, stuff. It, and it and it's just heart pounding. And crime, crime drama, tension, all mm-hmm. that. That was one of the good parts of the book I was talking about. That once they kind of got to it, there was some really good yeah. um, tension. And also, if you like slashers. Uh, you know, when we watch slasher movies, it's you're not inside the victim's head. And in this particular novel, you're actually POV from the victim. That's really cool. This, you know, Jefferson Bass is actually a forensic anthropologist, I believe, in real life. So mm-hmm. he talks about... So you get really, really attached to the characters in this book, it too. It looks like there's 10 of them. There's so a, that's, lot. I think that's a lot. I think I've read five. Yeah, there's Four ten five of, them. of this. I'm looking at his website. I've read Flesh and Bone, Devil's Bones, um, The okay. Bone Thief, and I think I read Carved in Bone. I've read I've read quite a few of the series. That's great. That's a great recommendation. Yeah. When I was um, younger, like just starting out to read things <laughs> that were not, you know, innocent things, mm-hmm. I read a lot of Lawrence Sanders. Um, as far as like my crime drama stuff, mm-hmm. as I got into the, it was. This first deadly sin, the second deadly sin, third and fourth deadly sins. And it was the first time in the first deadly sin, I think I have a copy of it around here somewhere. It was the first time I was introduced to uh, the the American psycho type serial killer. Gotcha. So very clean, very meticulous, very psychopathic. And you get the cop version, you know, the cop story, uh, the criminal cop story, like those chase and you get the also the and i like a split narrative i mean not everybody does it really well mm-hmm. i don't mind a split narrative a lot of people do so that like one story Patterson does that too yeah yeah where you which i like you're getting both povs and so mm-hmm. another uh, guy that i like is mark a edwards mm-hmm. and he did a book he wrote a book called the magpies oh yeah um which is i really liked that one too it's a thriller suspense again it's like a psychological fiction and it's about um so the, the the description is gripping psychological thriller in which the monsters are not vampires or demons, but the people who live next door. It is a nightmare that could happen to anyone. So mm. it is the quintessential, this could happen to me. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing supernatural about this. And I found myself like really gripped. It's a, one I would read again. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now we're going to read Salem's Lot. Oof. Love that. Yeah. A book. snake who a snake who I've mentioned who's on the um, Discord who I interact with sometimes. He's awesome and he chose it because he actually rereads it every single October. So that's what we're gonna do. Mm. Love that. That's next. So the next segment is a little tune. <laughs> it's a little Are we thing. there already. It's a little <laughs> thing. <laughs> It's a little thing we like to call that. Yeah. This is the moment where you all get some horror facts by me. I'm Kath. Uh, (laughs) Number one. Uh, Yeah, the pregnant pause is really important on a radio show. This film was originally planned 
as a Tales from the Crypt feature, circa 1989. Number two. She's n- staring at me while numero she does this. Dos. <laughs> Danny Elfman. Oh, boy. Was so impressed with Peter Jackson's previous movie, Heavenly Creatures, that he offered to do the score for whatever Jackson did next, not even knowing the script. And this is the film that he did. Peter Jackson loved Jeffrey Combs' work on Reanimator so much that he sought him out for the part of the villain. And Jeffrey Combs ended up being available and plays a villain. And he's so good in this. And number four, at one point, Tim Burton was top choice to direct. Oh, wow. Really? I have no idea. The Frighteners. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is a movie I don't know at all. I love that movie. Michael J. Fox. Really fun. It's kind of like a... Those 80s? It, it kind of have a has a burbs feel to it, okay. Except way more about the afterlife and ghosts, and there's a serial killer, and the serial killer in the movie is ba- the ghost is based on an actual person, okay. Um, Inspired by, yeah. And then you have um, Jake Busey, who's just always creepy, oh and he plays. Yeah, it's a really fun cast, and it was right around the time I think. Michael J. Fox had already been diagnosed at this point. Oh, okay. So it was post-Doc Hollywood, which okay. is the the set that he started to feel the twitch in his hand and sure. his finger or whatever. Um, so it was probably a couple of years after Such that. Such a cute movie, by the way. So Doc Hollywood's in my top. <laughs> so cute. Loved Julie Warner, and I could go on about that. But um, so this is probably a couple of years after that. So you can, if you watch it, you can kind of tell something's up, but it's still well before it really... Sets in, and he's he, there's a scene where he's eating blueberry cereal in the morning. Oh. There's just so many Halloween, the Halloween the holiday, not the movie Halloween references. Like he gets up in the morning, he's eating breakfast, and he's like eating blueberry. Oh, that's totally yeah. a movie we should watch. It's it's a really fun one. Oh, that's yeah. super fun. Um, awesome. Yeah, I w- I wanted to quickly mention that shutter of course has all of its like halloween october halloween like they have the ghoul log like you can yeah it's a picture of a <laughs> you know a, a ghoul log it's a fireplace yeah with like a jack-o'-lantern oh, cool. and it's streaming 24 7 so i know you and i both decorate and everything so if you're decorating or something and you want to get into the you know booberry spirit yeah you can put on the ghoul log on shutter and I love that. have it there i have um Halloween crunch at home. It's the Halloween version of crunch berries. Oh my gosh. Is it Captain Crunch? It's like basically your milk glows in the dark. Oh yeah. It goes kind of green. Gets kind of green. What now? Yeah. God only knows what I'm putting into my system, but I eat it every year. I also get the Christmas crunch. I'm just saying. I think these are important traditions you have. Yeah. You know, and I, and if you go to Target Market right now, they have the family size Count Chocula, Booberry, and Frankenberry. Why? My personal opinion is Frankenberry's a little, t- tastes a little too chemically sweet. Okay. But love the Booberry and the Count Chocula. You can't go wrong. Uh, these, these hot takes, you just don't know when they're coming. <laughs> Listen, I offer a lot. <laughs> you do. Um, also, Joe, <laughs> I'm just going to. Let that go by. Okay. Um, Family so, size. 
She's got her hands up showing me what the family size actually looks like because that's apparently very important. It's a um, blueberry. Joe Bob Briggs is having a Halloween hideaway special on October twenty third. I, I love that. Son at of nine a bitch. p.m., there will be a um, double feature. Um, as I mentioned last week, you know, join the Joe Bob Briggs Discord or the Shutter one or overdue video review and watch with friends. Yeah. Enjoy it. It's I will be watching it, so that'll be cool. And then also on October twenty sixth, they're doing a creep show Halloween special. Ooh. I know, right? <laughs> I think excited. I saw that too. There's something about every time I like see his face, I just hear him going, Dario Argento. <laughs> He says his name a lot. <laughs> That's so true. Dario um, Argento. <laughs> and then when you actually watch a Dario Argento film that he's reviewing, it, he says it. He loves to say, times. Yeah, he loves to say He Dario likes the way Argento. it rolls off his tongue, does he? He does. Well, this one has two tales. One is Survivor Type, which is based on a short story by Stephen King, um, starring Kiefer Sutherland. And then the other story is, let me see here. Oh, it's a story called Twittering from the Circus of the Dead, based on the short story by Joe Hill. So I got a little King mashup there. So The other thing he says a lot is giallo, when he's talking about the Italian horror genre. <laughs> and that's when you, then he'll follow with Dario Argento. <laughs> you're like, you're just so smart. I you're love just, him, though. I know. I know you do. She said that like we should do. We should do. She had to convince me. We should do a a series on Dario Argento or maybe just Giallo. It's really crazy shit. Yeah. Oh, I know. I mentioned one of the movies a few weeks ago. So we could. Deep Red's a weird one. We could do that. Suspiria's a weird one. They're all weird. They're all pretty weird. There's (laughs) Cannibal Holocaust. We could always do that one. Oh, I've I Uh, I've seen that. And I don't need it to see it again, but I certainly can talk about it if you're willing to watch it. Mother of Tears. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> oh, okay. It's literally um, one of those ones where I'm like, we could, we, could, we could do this, but I don't know if I can make Kathy watch it. Only it's one if of those. we can get a clip of him saying Dario Argento. Well, we'll just have to throw caution to the wind and play that clip for 30 seconds or whatever. Um, all right. Are we off of that? Have you feel like you're? You got your Argento. I've I've got Argento pulled up. I've got the ten best Italian horror movies See, on Shutter. Now you're the person saying that name 112 times in 30 Feels seconds. Good. It's just you. That's All right, listen. Happening. I'll get over this. No, I'll get go ahead. Zombie 1979. <laughs> <laughs> Inferno 1980. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dario Argento's Inferno is somewhat neglected masterwork from one of the country's most visionary genre stylists. I could go on and you're on. Saying that- very angrily angrily all right i'll move on <laughs> uh i happen to know there are several listeners uh that would probably like that so we will put that in the hopper Dario Argento. <laughs> she was looking at me waiting for a pause to say that i could tell she was giving me the eyes um all right the movie that we watched together <laughs> but, separate. but separately <laughs> Uh, we watched We Go On. We you did. Want, you want to tell the people about I'm the movie? I'm going to tell the people. <laughs> um, I Okay. It was your pick. So, so this is the storyline. Paralyzed by his fear of dying, Miles Grissom takes out an ad- advert offering 
$30,000 in reward money to the first person who can show him evidence of an angel, a demon, or prove that ghosts exist, anything to prove to him that we go on after our deaths. He narrows the responses down to three viable candidates, a scientist, a medium, and a worldly entrepreneur. Along with his protective mother, he embarks on an adventure through Los Angeles that will spiral into an unthinkable nightmare. This is um, a really simple film. It's on Shutter. It doesn't apologize for being simple. I think if you lean into it and just allow it to be what it is, it's. I found it incredibly enjoyable because it doesn't try to be bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot. It's it's more psychological than horror. There's horror elements to it, but I would say that it really has to do with the curiosity of death, unresolved grief, and then also um, the idea behind to a certain extent we choose where we go and when we go and um you know mm-hmm. talking about leaning into which many cultures believe right so it's you know a couple of the um yeah yeah someone even says in in one of the write-ups here to fully appreciate we go on you have to kind of surrender to it to fall into it and let the talented director simply guide you um it breaks down like dismantles the horror genre, breaking it down core elements of fear and death, and then re-editing them into something satisfyingly profound. So in some ways it's profound, in other ways it's incredibly simple. I found myself really, really feeling for him. And then he's got this really enmeshed relationship with his mother because it's the, his father who passes away when he's a child. I really like the end and and how it, I'm not going to give anything away, but okay. just the... Um, yeah, how he they wrap it up. Yep, right. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. What did you think? I actually, I enjoyed it. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy it the first like twenty minutes. I thought yeah. they really botched the first act. FYI, I like, had to be sold into. I just kept it going. Yep, mm-hmm. and I mean because we were watching it for this, I didn't abandon it. Although mm-hmm. I don't usually abandon things in the first you twenty minutes. I kind of overly committed. Okay, I don't know what that's about. She's like I'm getting a reputation. <laughs> You're not the only person that says that to me, so you can just... It's not a bad thing. You can just F off, man. No, just kidding. Yes, that's who I am. Okay, so one of the things I really liked is after the first 15 or 20 minutes, basically what happens is this lady psychic, uh, Spanish-speaking lady psychic enters, and that, that's like that's kind of the inciting incident in a way. Um, and she's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I may have talked about it on the show before, but one of my favorite authors is Luis Alberto Urea. And yeah. he does a lot of um, magical realism in his books. And so that culture, um, the Latin American culture around spirits, like there's one point in this movie where he goes to, somebody goes to see her and, you know, stops by in a panic and her, her family says she's, you know, she's very sick with spirit today. She can't talk to you because when you meet her, she's got spirits all around her all the time. And so some days are better than others. Um, so I really loved that element to it. And that's when I got committed as soon as she was on the screen, I was in it. Um, and when she starts to communicate with him about the inner torment and learn, and he's like, how do you live day to day with this thing sitting in the corner? And she's like, you just, he's like, you're, you're the one in control. And it's such a beautiful performance by that actress because she does these things that are so human to me. And so, um, just so loving and so in the moment where as an actor, she, she puts her hands on his face. She 
she she talks to him and like look at me no and then when he doesn't she'll like like slap his face to look at her and she's just so i mean i was riveted by her performance mm-hmm. so she sold it for me mm-hmm. initially and then i got more into the story and then there's some other elements that i really enjoyed that i won't talk about because it would spoil too much of it mm-hmm. um I, I really enjoyed the idea that you know the way to communicate with spirits or the way to get to the limbo between um, life and death is through fear. And so that fear is the tunnel to the afterlife. So that every time a character had to like connect to that, they had to be afraid. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a great concept. Right. And at the very beginning when he has to go visit his childhood and get back into that fear state. Yeah. So yeah. this is a very low, like it's a low budget movie. Uh-huh. It's super it, simple. It's simple, but also... Like I like, I also liked the mom's, there's a mom in this and the mom's speech about, um, she's been in a lot too. No, you know, there's no afterlife uh, or I'm, she has a fantasy about death where there would be, um, no afterlife really, but that there would be a place of no judgment. There's no list of things I'm supposed to do. There's no guilt. There's no things that I failed at. And because she feels like a failure as her mom. And I just thought that was a really interesting, just like minute of her character arc of talking. I've never really exactly heard anybody talk about death. I've heard people talk about death as a relief, but not in such an articulate way. And I just thought that was a really nicely written exchange between them. That Mm -hmm. was a standout for me. That's my thoughts. Yeah. And then the last thing I'll just say is um, there are some things we just are not supposed to know. And I think that he realizes he gets in too deep. Yeah, I love that analogy too because. (laughs) Be careful what you wish for. We're always trying to know it. Yeah. People are always asking me. Why? Why do I do this? Why did they do that? I mean, that is such a therapy What's thing. What's the purpose of this? Why is there suffering here? Why yeah. is there da-da-da? Like, that's and totally one of our top 10 Saturday Night Live skits that we could write, is oh, people yeah. saying, like, why, 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 why? Yeah. It's like having a little kid in the room. Oh, for sure. And they're just, they're really... So I'm going to cast you as the toddler in that sketch? Why? <laughs> yeah. And me as what are you saying? somebody who beats you to death or something. What are you saying? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just saying. She's like, I don't like you anymore. You had an article you wanted to talk about. I do. I would love to talk about that now. I can take you there. <laughs> I'll be over here. So this is an article. It's actually a neuroscience article, but I thought it was kind of fun and interesting. Cool. Um, and the name of it is How Swapping Bodies with a Friend Changes Our Sense of Self. Oh. So this... Ex- I'm imagining the horror movie already. <laughs> this experiment that they... Was actually... They used virtual reality to generate the perceptual illusion. Um, and they found their beliefs about their personalities altered to become more similar to the beliefs about their friends' personalities. So findings suggest that when our mental self-concept doesn't match our physical self, our memories become impaired. First of all, I think that's incredibly loaded before I go into this because um, when we think about people with trauma, oftentimes the body and the mind are not, they've become disconnected. Mm. So I, I think that's, we talk a lot about trauma memories and how they change. And a lot of the work that we do in trauma is not only the verbal processing, but also the somatic work of helping people really get into their body and also become really mindful of the thoughts and feelings that they're having, they're having and where they're feeling that in that in their body and how 
finding that grounding to their body helps them then speak more meaningfully and and they're better able to tolerate talking about the trauma once they're they feel connected to the body because we see that a lot with trauma especially with sexual trauma is there's a disconnect from the body and the mind so i think when when the findings suggest that when our mental self-concept doesn't match our physical self, our memories become impaired. That's loaded for a lot of things that we see. We could even see that with um, the transgender community. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, and sometimes there's trauma involved with transgender people and sometimes there isn't. I mean, there's, there's societal, there's always societal trauma, but anyway, it's very loaded. So, um, I'll tell you this, read a little bit from the article. So our sense of who we are is thought to be influenced by things like our childhood experiences, our intentions with others, and now researchers say our bodies. A study appearing August 26th in the Journal of Eye Science shows that when pairs of friends swapped bodies in a perceptual illusion, their beliefs about their own personalities became more similar to the beliefs about their friends' personalities. The findings suggest that this close tie between our psychological and physical sense of self is also involved in functions like memory. When our mental self-concept doesn't match our physical self, our memory can become impaired. So the team um, from the brain, body, and self laboratory, um, basically what they do is the goggles, it's pairs of friends with goggles showing live feeds of the other person's body from a first person perspective. Mm -hmm. To further the illusion, they applied simultaneous touches to both participants on corresponding body parts so they could also feel what they saw in the goggles. So after just a few moments, the illusion generally worked. To show that it did, the researchers threatened the friend's body with a prop knife and found that the participant broke out into a sweat as if they were the one being threatened. Yeah. So body swapping is not a domain reserved for science fiction movies anymore. This is all part of the VR research for sure. It's so cool. So participants were only made to feel like they had woken up in somebody else's body for a brief period of time, but that was long enough to significantly alter their self-perception. Before the body swap, participants rated their friends on traits like talkativeness, cheerfulness, independence, and confidence. Compared to this baseline during the swap, they tended to rate themselves as more similar to the friend whose body they were in. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. Um, um, but I just think what a cool experiment to be part of, first of all, I mean, cause it is out of body and, um, but these findings, they, they're saying how the findings might be important when looking at depersonalization disorders where people feel like an incoherence between their mental state and their bodies. So it really opened up a lot of like, even things like, uh, depression. Mm -hmm. Right. So I don't know. Thoughts. I was thinking about if you and I swapped bodies. Mm hmm. And how you could, you know, reach things at top shelves. I would think I could. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can. That's That was my you would, thought. You would think you were really amazing. <laughs> well, it would certainly be a better kickboxer. I would be kicking ass. You just, I'd just see you like throwing your legs I around. would just be like Krav Magaing all the furniture. That's what would be happening. Well, and also... It would be kind of interesting because we all we have always had this I'm tall and you're not necessarily as tall. And so that perspective, right? That like how I look at you when we're standing up and how you look at me and swapping totally. that like a difference in height is actually that really I mean that's a really interesting thing just it, it might be fun for us because of that. Like, well, it even says here. So it says these findings demonstrate that our beliefs about our own personality are dynamically shaped by the perception of our body 
and the coherence between the bodily and conceptual self-representations is mm-hmm. important for the normal encoding of episodic memories. It's just, to me, it's so fascinating how the mind and body are connected. And when we try to keep those separate, when we're doing research or trauma work or whatever, it's really dangerous because there is a cohesion that needs to happen. They are not separate. They're not separate. I mean, you know that from looking at a person. Are we not in the same structure? Right. They're not separate. Like, I don't see how anyone I don't know. I mean, give it a shot if you're trying to separate people into pieces. But that's our whole thing, like, from the very beginning. It's context. Let's go find this and swap bodies. It's. I totally want to. I, I mean, really want to know what it's like to be small. I was like, she's saying all the smarty pants stuff, but all I can think of is where do we find the VR to swap bodies? And Because that would be so amazing to talk about. <laughs> that's awesome really thank would. you for bringing that you're welcome okay good times i uh i watched some horror movies what'd you watch as i do there was a movie called i just watched it the other day called the witch in the window Ooh. 2018 so um pepper our patron and a discord peep picked it out and i am pretty much always down to watch whatever so I watched it with her, and we both like ghosty, haunty things, as I have said repetitively. And that's what it is. However, it's actually, uh, it's a writer-director, and it's also, it's a ghosty, haunty thing, but it's definitely a twist, a new, not a twist, it's a new way to do it. It's like taking what what I kind of decided was that it's a it's an old format you know twisty haunty thing haunted house it's a haunted house story okay and so but they do it in a different way they do they give some unique elements to it very simple film uh and they they topple the they topple it on its head i think it has something to offer so it's when simon brings his 12 year old son finn to rural vermont to help flip an old farmhouse they encounter the malicious spirit of lydia a previous owner, and now with every repair they make, she gets stronger. And the way they deal with the ghost, I think, is very unique as well. You actually spend a little bit of time with her. Ooh. And it's, um, I like it. I liked it. I, I would say watch it. I enjoyed it. The other one that I watched on my own was called The Isle. It's a 2019 film. Um, kind of ghosty, I guess not really okay so when three shipwrecked sailors land on an abandoned island it's a scottish island so that was i was in because it was a uk situation but land on an abandoned island that has four sole residents one of the men starts to question what happened he soon finds himself in a fight to save his own life while trying to uncover the truth and escape so it's this has like a siren element so scary ladies yeah scary ladies in the sea and all of that not so much in the sea in this one but so if you imagine this the spooky tone is a scottish isle so no sun four inhabitants Mm -hmm. people land on the shore commence the horror (laughs) so and that one's called what the isle the isle Mm -hmm. like a scottish isle yeah it's spooky the first time (laughs) <laughs> it's called the aisle kathy i got it 
Oh, and you know what? Here's fun. I watched, you know, I'm making my way through the Hellraiser series. Hellraiser, Hell on Earth (laughs) is number three, for those of you who don't know. 1992. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about this. Let's blow away. So you've watched the first two. And you're thick in the mythology of it, right? You're you're sitting around and you've watched one Hellraiser and you've watched two, which amplifies the hell out of the mythology. You're really thick into it. Then you throw in Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, and you blow away most of the mythology. Just erasing the first two Hellraiser movies, you get real cheesy and also real gory. And you have Cenobites that don't make any sense and are ridiculous. <laughs> and you have tons of Pinhead with Pinheadisms. Oh. And you know what? I loved it so much. Really? So it works. I don't know if I saw the third one. You just, there's just a thing that I am able to do. <laughs> you just love Pinhead. Well, I do. But I don't love all the movies. And next time I can talk about one of the really, really bad ones. Because like all series, including Friday the 13th, there's at least one very, very bad one. And Hellraiser has one of those, if not two or three. But I don't know. There was something about this. It's like, I've always loved Hellraiser. It's one of the first horror movies I ever saw that scared the crap out of me. It is the scariest. I think out of like 80 slashers. No, it's not really a slasher. But if if you put it in the same camp with like Friday the 13th. This one was the one that I, as a little kid, like I could watch Friday. I would not go. No, no, this isn't fun. So (laughs) like the first two. Oh, no, this is this is just flat out torment. I mean, it's it's fun now because it's so cheesy. Like when you look at the old movies, but the first two are were frightening when I ended up watching them eventually when I was old enough or whatever. It was just but always so terrifying to me. Because it's about psyche and pain and the... It's and just really dark. And it's sadomasochism. And, yeah. and it's dark and it's very divisive. I mean, most of the time when you see those little memes online where it's like, drop a horror, you know, like of these six horror franchises, which one would you get rid of? And it's everybody always gets rid of Hell, Hellraiser. Mm. Um, but... You know, Hell on Earth is really a lot of fun, but I would say like just enjoy it. It's not it's not it's not to be taken seriously. It's no Dario Argento. <laughs> Fuck me. Where? It's no Giallo. Oh, mother of pearl. It's no circle of shit. Oh. That's a deep reference. Oh shit. Yeah. Are we going to have to talk about well, that? Well, we're going to have show? to talk about it I on here. I won't watch that without you. I know. Which I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. We're talking about Sodom. <laughs> the, yeah. movie, the movie, yeah. Mm. I just, I'm not even going to say the name no, we'll, we'll at go, all. Yeah, That's going to be a different day. Yeah. It's a whole other. Sorry, deep reference. We went out on the banks of you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. I got real about. anxious and I like dissociated there for a second. Yeah. We have some, we'll tell that story. Why don't, oh, I really don't want to watch that movie. <laughs> Can we put that a little bit further? Maybe like a Christmas. Maybe when we're missing Halloween. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Christmas movie either, but. No. And then we'll, for those of you who are completely lost, we will tell you what it is. And then we'll talk about it because we have memories and we'll talk about it on shrink chat. I do not want to do Trauma like a memories. deep dive into that I don't know at all. I, I just want to talk about it. Okay. We will. And I'm maybe sorry we'll I do, even brought it up. Maybe we'll just do like two out of the five circles or something, you know? <laughs> Oh, like circle of shit and circle of blood. And Mother just leave of it. pearl. Why did I bring that up? Okay. But it was bound to happen. I mean, we've been 
It's kind of putting it off for it, three years. No, we have. It's looking at us straight in the face and we're like, we'll, we'll get to you. We'll oh yeah. We've had this conversation. It's just off air before. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make sure to wrap this. Did you have anything else? Cause I'm going to wrap it up. No, I mean, I, I've been just watching the old classics as we get oh, closer please, to Halloween. And I just watched night of the demons from 1988. Oh, so bad. So 10 teenagers party at an abandoned funeral parlor on Halloween night. When evil force awakens, demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their gatherings into living hell. I watched it because I love that. That sounds right uh, up your alley. Well, I like this time. So this is right around the corner from Fright Night, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got the really good but bad prosthetics. Mm-hmm. Um, so these demons, all of a sudden, they look really... 1985 is Fright Night. So it's, yeah, it's right around the corner. So it's similar as far as like the makeup work and stuff. That's what I usually watch it for. Mm-hmm. The story's terrible. Mm-hmm. And the lead is such a Karen. Uh-huh. She's, um, it, she doesn't have, she just doesn't have one acting bone in her body. Oh, so it's, fantastic. it's, 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 it's a horror film just watching the acting. So it's trash. It's total trash. Cool. But it is classic. As we've established, trash is a genre. Night of the Demons, 1988. Fright Night, 1985. These so when you make the, your little list of trash. I watch, no, Fright Night's not trash. No, though. no, and I, I, meant, watch, I meant this Yeah, movie. no, Night of the Demons, is, it, it goes, like, could just wad it up and throw it in the trash in the corner. Okay, cool. <laughs> Fright Night, I watch awesome. Fright Night, I watch about, like, five times a season. Cool. And the movie, uh, just so we're not losing everyone, the movie we were just talking about uh, in an obscure way is um, Pier Paolo Posolini's. <laughs> Not Daria Argento. 120 Days of Sodom. It's I knew you were going to like that it because is... it's Pasolini. Yeah. Can we talk about Pasolini's 120 Italian. Days of Sodom? Yeah, it, it's 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 exceptional. It's in an exceptional, and I don't mean like it's awesome, but I mean it's in an exceptional spot. It's yeah. like in its own little <clears throat> special box. I'd agree. It's an adaptation from the 1785 uh, book. First published in 1904, The 120 Days of Sodom, by the Marquis de Sade, if that gives you any indication of what we're talking about. I mean, they go for it. So. That's uh, all I have. Yeah? Yeah. All right. Well, it's it's solidly in the middle of October, and we have much to do still. So we're going to get there. But I wanted to give a quick shout out first before we go from Adam. He is from England and he reached out to us on Instagram to let us know that he loves the podcast and that he listens on his drive to work and uni, which is university over there. uh, Because he's listening you know from far, far away. I looked up how far away that is. That's 5,200 miles from us. Oh, That's just a swim. I mean, 5,200 and change, something like that. Oh, yeah, just a little swim and a quick run. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if there are any of you that are listening from far away. Uh, we are in Los Angeles, California. So please reach out to us and let us know where you at. And like, also. Let me know where you live. Also, please, please. Uh-oh. If you want. She's so serious. If you want to do the jingle for Horror Facts with Kath, record it. Send it. We'll play it. Right. Last week we mentioned that Kathy is, um, you know, likes have, to sing, but is now wanting so others vo- to so much voice, though, do her jingle show. for her. Yeah. She's trying to outsource the song. <laughs> <laughs> She's curled up in her oh, in a ball. It's so bad. Okay. So thank you so much for listening. This is Shrink Chat. My name is Shannon. <laughs> and I'm Kathy. And I'm Kath. Sleep safe, everyone. 
We hope you enjoyed this episode of Shrink Chat. Please check us out on our Patreon page, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We'd love to engage with you as part of our community. Please take a moment to leave us a comment on any of our social media. Thank you so much for listening. And once again, sleep safe.